The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Toe Fox. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Faux Fop. I'm Will Anderson. And uh, joining me in the pod cave, uh, amazingly enough, it's his first time in the pod cave, which is very exciting. He sat down on the chair and he said it's very comfortable. I'm very happy about that. Uh, Justin Hamilton's here, guest Charlie. Uh, Justin Hamilton, how are you, sir? This is such a comfy chair. The only thing that could ruin this experience is recording a podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are my hard rubbish chairs. People who listen to the right, podcast yes. before yeah. know this, but uh, they were. I, I live in a fancy neighbourhood. Yeah. And uh, it turns out I live in a fancy neighbourhood so fancy that people throw out chairs this good. Yeah. And I am not above taking those chairs to my house and putting them in my pod cave. Right. But, you know, it's rare that you go out on hard rubbish night, find something, bring it back, and your house goes up in value. Mate, this is, yeah, this is a suburb where you can't park <laughs> Like car on the fucking sidewalk, or yeah. people think it's hard rubbish. They're like, right. oh, well, that's a second hand car, I'll take that. <laughs> they are super comfy, though. How many people did it take to bring them in? Uh, oh, no, it was just, uh, I think it was just me and Amy. I think yeah, it was right. a two person operation. Right. Yeah. Were you- I had to get them one at a time because I couldn't fit both in like any of the vehicles that we had. Right. So I had to get one and I had to drive it up the street, poking out the back of the car. Yeah. Because it was over one. It was basically, so we just walked down to the pub so I could get some beer. And where we walked down there, when you cross over that first road, yeah. so it was over in that park, the other side of that road. So it was too far for me to just like wheel them up the street, you know. Yeah. So I had to take the car and then they were just sticking out the back of the car as I brought them back in. <laughs> Do you remember that time in Bondi where you got a new bed and we took it downstairs and we said, well, wonder how long that'll take went in to get our wallets came out it was gone i remember that very uh, i remember it because i was i said at the time someone was like oh you should call hard rubbish for that and i was like i live in bondi mate yeah and i, I was like it'll be gone by the end of the day and yeah. literally we went to get our wallets and it was gone it like was- it was almost impossible for it to go like they would have had the plan in place before we decided to take the mattress down to execute it as quickly as they did right if this turned out to be a long con i'd buy it <laughs> So, yeah, well done. Like, I had no idea how you did that. Or there'd be, like, a group of people and they'd just be like, you know what, Barry? You've been making us train for this every night and I thought this was a complete waste of time. But I thought it was nice to get together. I don't see Barry as much as I did at school and if he's got this crazy plan to steal a mattress, then fuck it. It's good to be involved in the activity, but... uh, you know what, Barry? You're a fucking genius. Uh, we've got a free mattress. So my hat off to you, sir. <laughs> I uh, I thoroughly appreciate that uh, people who listen to uh, my podcast, uh, if they see out on the street... Can you take this photo, please? Yes. But you've been replaced now with, by the selfie stick. Yes, I'm out. That's it. <laughs> that Can selfie you take... Stick. Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Can I take this photo, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Okay, good. It's a modern twist. I like it. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> that, that's, exi- that's exciting in the way I was excited when I went, oh, I could just do faux fop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's exactly that. Everything's back on track. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, so uh, I got these on hard rubbish. Oh, right, yes. Oh, so, what I love is that people listen to my podcast know how much that I hate printers and 
I just get photos sent to me on a fairly regular basis of people who have just seen these printers that are just demolished out the front of people's homes with the hashtag of blood and toner. It would be great if, like, you know, like, it would not be great if something happened to you. But, like, let's say you just go missing for a while, right? right. I can imagine that happening. Yeah. You just drop off the radar for a while. Just need to get off uh, get off the grid. Yeah. I can just imagine that happening. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm not in trouble. I just want to see if I can when shit goes down. Right, exactly. It's a so, practice run. So, you've done that and people, like, go to your house and they, like, check your computer and they find all these pictures of, like, oh. broken printers. Right. I come back in. Hey, guys, what's going on? Right. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> you don't understand. They're inanimate. <laughs> There'd be a shot of me looking over the looking over these pictures of printers the way Matthew McConaughey looks at pictures of dead bodies in True Detective. Like no, you know what it would be. No, you know what it would be. You'll be convicted by your times because what will happen, as I've mentioned several times before on this podcast, is the machines will take over, probably in our lifetime. <laughs> right. Because we're giving them all our control and we're letting <sighs> artificial intelligence get completely out of fucking control. And I know I sound like a crazy conspiracy theory person when I say this and I am playing it up a little bit, but I also believe it's true. <laughs> right. Oh, shit. Like, in, so, in hindsight, I could be the Hitler of machines. I right. Could, I could be Hamler. That's what I'm going to say. You're Hamler. Like, but you become like history's greatest villain. Like when the robots right. rewrite history. Yeah. Like you're the guy. I'm they the- find all these photos because they control the internet now. Yeah. And they'll just be able to access your account. And they go through and they find the people who've done the most damage to machines over the years. And they yeah. start, they start with them first. And that's you. Yeah. You want to? You're the Bill. Cos- that's your Bill Cosby moment. Oh shit. Like you've been beloved and then suddenly right. you know. I'm, I'm the story that... You're big- still trying to do tours. You're joking about it. Like, yeah, in yeah. the gigs, well, people like feel... Someone heckles me. Lucky you're not a printer. Am I right? Uh, am I right? Everyone's going, no. no that God. was... Why? Like, why? there's owning it, but this is terrible. <laughs> I'm the story that big printers tell little photographic apps uh, at night to make them go to sleep. <laughs> I'm not here to tell Bill Cosby um, how to do his job. I am here to tell him, please don't rape people. Right. Uh, so, the... Thing that I would say though, even about that joke that we're referencing, if people don't know this, everyone I'm sure knows the Bill Cosby story. Like he, there is, I now think over thirty women who've come out with allegations. Judd Apatow said he had trouble believing it when it was twenty seven, but when it got to thirty three, (laughs) right. That's why Apatow's a genius. And and we all and we all know that this problem. Look, he hasn't been convicted. No, um, but. There's, these are accusations, but these are accusations. But there seems to be a uh, a, a running thread that they all have, and right. if that is thirty three people who dislike you working out how to get you, and you didn't do it, like they are awesome. Right. <laughs> so it, you know, so and that's unlikely. It's unlikely. Yeah. And his approach towards it, like, you know, his, his lawyers are do, digging up dirt files on the women and all this sort of stuff, which is classic discredit the yeah, the victim sort of stuff, yeah. should not matter. Wouldn't have mattered if uh, the women walked into his hotel room naked. Yeah. If you drug them and have sex with them without their consent, then you're a rapist. It doesn't right. matter. And it doesn't matter if they fucked. It, it does not matter if between the lobby and your bedroom, yep. they consensually fucked every single person they met in the hotel. Yep. Like, if they walked into the hotel, like, the like the guy met them at the door, he said, they said, you know, have you got any bags? No, 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 I don't have any bags, but please could you finger me? Right. Fine. Absolutely. Goes in, goes to reception, I'm going up to Mr. Cosby's room, but... Uh, 
I'd like you to ding my bell now that I've dinged your bell uh, right. consensually. That's fucking fine. She goes up there. She's in like the elevator with like just some strangers, but she's like, do you guys party? And they stop the elevator and they have sex and that's consensual. And then they're walking along the corridor and she has sex with like two, two maids, two Mexican maids, right? I don't know what they're Mexican, but they're probably Mexican. Right. Right. That's and nice. Yeah. That's not my racism. That's society's racism. Exactly. So anyway. She can have sex with all those people, and if she doesn't want to have sex with Bill Cosby and he has sex with her, then he's still a fucking criminal. So right. it doesn't matter. But yeah. the second thing is, I just how do I get a job at that hotel? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the hotel. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> but even if you're going to a place called the hotel, right? And if you say no tell, yeah, then yeah, yeah right. You can't so do it. Right. No means fucking no. So. But, I, but let's take all that aside. Right. I just want to discuss what he did at that gig from a comedic point of view. Yes. So We're talking about the, the so skill. Ne- so he then went out on a... Um, he, he went out on his tour regardless, which I just found out. I just, like... How I'm, do you do that? Like, how do you do I that? I mean, if you're not guilty, like, if he's honestly not guilty, then fucking sing it from the fucking heavens. Like, right. you know, get on TV and tell us why you're not guilty and, you know, open yourself up and say, like, you know, like, you know, do a fucking lie detector, even though they're not admissible in court and stuff. I mean, but, you know, go out there and say, I definitely did not do this. My reputation is being completely and unfairly besmirched. Sue everybody who's like, sue fucking Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and sue everybody who's written an article that says, sue Hannibal Buress. Do yeah. everything. Defend your name if you are honestly not guilty of this. Yeah. If you are guilty, you're a terrible person, secondly, but you might be able to just get away with going away forever and just being a rich guy living in a house. Loathed and should be loathed, but you're not in prison. Yeah. But don't fucking go out on the road and keep doing shows, firstly, right? Not now. No. Not fucking right now. Yeah. Second, because what what did they think was going to happen? Right. All this, like the people who protest, of course that was going to happen. They were handing out legal letters before the gigs, you know, to yeah. the audience members. So, but anyway. you know, but with the, but if you if you were doing those things, then there's a part of you that's not in touch with reality. So this adds to the fact that he must be guilty because he is going out there and doing doing gigs. Like, like, how bad do you feel when you get accused of something that you have not done? Oh, I know it's the worst. It's crippling. Yeah. It's crippling. Like it's like there's if you get accused of doing something that you did do, even though you get it's a jolt and it can kind of shock you. There's also a bit of a release of oh, I don't have to keep that inside of me anymore. But when you've done nothing wrong and someone accuses you of something and you don't know how to defend yourself to get yourself out of it, it is a gut breaker. Right. And he's doing gigs. He's out there fucking doing shows. Right. But secondly. So if, if he did we, a Kitson and just laid on the ground for an hour and a half moaning like Kitson did in one gig, then I go, oh yeah, well, like maybe he shouldn't have gone out. Or if he <laughs> or, went, you know. or if he went out and did the shows and was like, you know, here's some shit that like people have been talking about. Yeah, you know, here's you know what I want to say about it. You know, yeah. I mean, Louis, that's what Louis would do if if it was Louis, right? Right. He could do that. Yeah. And he has the skill to do that. Yeah. I mean, we all watch Letterman, you know, confess the affair he had on television right. and it, by the end you liked him more right like Cosby could have probably done that if you yeah. were, but so he's gone out on the road and uh, a woman's gone out to get some drinks and he said oh, what are you doing she goes I'm going to get some drinks do you want one and he goes 
you've got to be careful drinking around me. Right. That's his joke, right? Now, that's a terrible joke. Right. It's a, but just if you're going to own that moment, or if you're going to wink to the controversy, or if you're going to own some part of it, and then the joke is. Well, if you believe the rubbish in the newspapers, you better be careful drinking around me. Right. That's the joke. Yeah. Like, it's the joke that calls... It's you saying, that's bullshit. Yeah. Or you say something like, well, I'm, I'm glad someone doesn't believe the newspapers and is happy to drink around me. Or yeah. you own it from that point of view. Yeah. But to say you have to be careful drinking around me? Yeah. If like, you- that's him saying, oh, yeah, I did it. Yeah. By the way, I did it. Yeah. That's what that joke says. I'm not saying that that's his confession or anything. No. But if you read that joke on how the joke is constructed and the way that he responded to that, yeah. he says you have to be careful drinking around me. Yeah. That is a joke that means the punchline of that joke is because I am a rapist and I will rape you. Yes. You can't... That's if, a t- terrible if, joke. If, if nothing else, that's a terrible, terrible joke. joke. If something... But if you do something bad, you can't own the worst bit. No. <laughs> As if it's a joke. Like, you can't... Uh, that's the bit you can't make a joke about. You can you can make jokes about lots of other things around it, but you can't own the bit that is the heinous bit as if, hey, hey, gags. Right. It's unbelievable. You could do, like, uh, get a straw. The only thing I've ever put in a drink is a straw. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, you could, uh, you could have a joke for yeah. that situation... And you could own it and twist it and make your point and protest your innocence if that's yeah. really what was inside you. Yeah. It's a terrible joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I was. It was uh, one of those rare moments where you find something out and you actually just stop for a second and go, wow, really? Yeah. Really? How did that happen? Like... You've got to know it's coming. Happen? Surely you've got a couple of, like, of lines up your has, sleeve. Has no one actually said anything in the house? Like, has no one... Oh, yeah, what's going on today, dear? I went down to the markets. I bought some fruit. I bought some vegetables. What did you do? Ah, oh, nothing. I just watched some TV. Like, is that what's going on in that? I don't know. Because, you know... When, okay, when the Shannon Knowles thing happened, like, I made a joke on television about Shannon Knowles' dad's name. Right. I got the name wrong, and it... Um, his dad, his dad had passed away. Right. Things that I should have known about and was not across. Right. It wasn't like I was making fun of his dead dad. But, you know, like no. I take my, like, you know, I admitted I was wrong. I should have researched it more. I shouldn't have, like, I should have been, yeah, I should have known it. And I I hopefully not since that day ever made that same mistake. Yeah. I donated a bunch of money to charity. Like, yeah. you know, I, I owned it. I said, yeah, this I got this wrong. Yeah. But then I had an answer up my sleeve in case people said something, right? right. Like, because people, I'd do interviews or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, Shannon Noel, uh, you know, challenged you to a boxing match. Right. You know, and, and you're like, you have to have it. I knew I would get asked that question. So I always used to say, oh, come on, can't he challenge, it, challenge me to something neither of us are good at, like singing. Right. Right. Which was like a nice joke, and it owned my attitude of yeah. like, I'm a, I apologize that I made a bad joke. Yeah. I didn't mean it. Yeah. But I own it because I was the person who said it and I, I should have thought it through more and whatever. Also, the joke is implying that he will beat the shit out of you. So, right. You know, yeah. Th- that joke's at my expense, also yeah. at his expense. Yeah. But it still A asserts joke. the idea that I-, I made a mistake on this joke, but it doesn't mean I have to be nice to Shannon Noel forever. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. made a mistake. I don't have to like his music because I did something wrong. Yeah. I just, you had a line prepared. Yeah. Cosby. 
I mean, it just amazes me as a comedian. He just didn't at least have a line. Yeah. Or hadn't thought about what the perfect... Surely in a PR sense, you know, in a crisis emergency, right. you would have a PR person who's by your side crafting, you know, five or six... You know, messages. You you have to have something for when the protests happen. Right. You have to have something for, like, you know. Yeah, we've all seen Gone Girl. We know how this works. Right. Right. Maybe he should have seen Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> you really can learn at the cinema, Bill. All right. This is this is probably too depressing a topic for a comedy podcast. Particularly as tomorrow night uh, at the uh, Sydney Opera House, I am uh, filming my... First DVD since 2009, since yep. the... Uh, since the infamous uh, Vogue, Vogue, Will Anderson era. The, uh, I am, I'm, I'm basically, all I have to do is live for now another 30 hours. Yep. Because my only, as people listen to this podcast regularly know, <laughs> my only dream in life is that when I die, they don't play anything from uh, Willosophy in 2009. Yeah. Because I don't want the of last image on your chest. of me with that big fucking spot on my chest, yeah. with my long sleeve under my fucking t-shirt, wearing yeah. my fucking Madonna bike, yeah. prowling around the stage like I had something to say when I had nothing to say. How can one man be that angry about Titanic? Oh, Lord. I- <laughs> You know, in hindsight, you did look like one of the Joker's henchmen from Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> but look so, good at the time. In about 30 hours from now, uh, I will have uh, taped my new special. Yep. So even if I die, it's all there. Yeah, 30 hours from now, if you see him riding a horse across the Sydney Opera House, waving a machete and trying to throw a pumpkin in the air to catch it, just know that, yep. Nothing more to yeah, look for. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good shoot. Yeah, he nailed it. <laughs> if you. <laughs> You're going to be sad tomorrow when you see the news, but six weeks from now, you're going to have a cracking DVD. Uh, so uh, we should be positive because it is, it's is—it's—it's a very exciting time. It's been one of those... It's we- the Opera House. Right. It's like, a concert hall at the fucking Opera House. Right. You were born on the street that your dad was born on, that your grandfather made in the past. That? I don't I know. Never mentioned that? I, I just looked you up on Wikipedia. Oh, first. Wikipedia. <laughs> You know Willipedia. Yeah, Willipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at the Opera House. Two Are you shows. excited? Are yeah. You, yeah, because, I mean, you've never played that concert hall stage at the no, Opera House before, I've, right? You know, I always try to, you know, we've we've done some gigs there and, uh, uh, you know, done some, uh, some, like, they've all been big and also the... Um, when I hosted that thing with comic book creators, Grant Morrison, Len Wein and uh, Dave McKean, like that was a real, you know, moment. Uh, And now we're doing the big room, which I've never, like I've only been in it. I've never been on that stage. And it's like, yeah, that is super exciting. You've got to enjoy these moments. This might never happen again. That's what I think as well. Yeah. It's funny, a guy got up me the other day on uh, Twitter about plugging it too much. And look, I, I have plugged it a lot. I understand yeah, that. But I wanted to be put full. put a lot of free podcasts and right. give well, that's, jokes. I mean, that's why there's been, I think, literally this week, there's been a podcast every day. Yeah. And because part of it, I understand the agreement. Yeah. Like, if I put out something for free and I give the, the, the show a plug. Yeah, do you mind if I just plug something? Right. You yeah. know. It's cool. And, and I think most people who listen get that as well. But this one guy online was like, oh, you know, another. And I was like, you know, most of the things I plug are free things. Like some people get angry that I plug the podcast. I'm like, I'm just telling you that I went away and made this thing that you can now have for free. If you want. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're not being you too about it. I'm not telling you you have to yeah. have it. It's not in your iPod already. Yeah. You know what you can do? <laughs> take take your thumb and you know how that joint goes up and down? When you see that little... Uh, 
podcast thing, just flick. Yeah. And th- there'll be stacks of other things you can see. Or take your thumb and jab it in your eye, you cunt. Right. <laughs> One of my favourite uh, singlets from Bali. <laughs> I really do think you should have bought it. <laughs> But, uh, look, I, you know, I get it. I know it's annoying when, you know, I plug a lot. I, I try not to plug all the time because there are comedians that I idolise who follow me on Twitter and I don't want them to stop following me because I plug too much. Like, right. So I'm conscious of it as well. You need but- to get that made as a T-shirt. <laughs> I don't plug too much. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I don't know why it's got that music. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Salt and pepper's here. Uh- <laughs> It's just a little grab. I'm not paying the full rights. <laughs> so, um, no, but you know what? I'm I'm not going to. And the, uh, the only reason I brought that up was because it made me think. Nah, fuck it. You know what? This is like I may never get to play, you know, the Sydney Opera House right. again. Like, right. Not in the big main room. Yeah. You- and particularly to film it all like in front of this fucking beautiful set drawn by James Fosdyke, this yeah, guy I met right. through this podcast. Right. And now I'm going to be standing in front of this massive fucking rendering of like his artwork and we're going to film this fucking big special. And you know what? I- I've never been more proud of anything than the- this th- show. And yeah. it's the last time I ever get to do it. Yeah. And so I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to plug it a bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I'd like the room to be full. I'm yeah. inviting all my friends. Like it's, it's one of those nights. Like, right. you know, literally I have like 50, 60 friends coming. It's going to be a real celebration. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just telling you that this is going to be, I think that I'm really, really, I've been nervous about it. I've been like excited about it. You know, I'm all those fucking things. I want this to be awesome. And then some fucking dude is like, oh, could you please stop telling us about your fucking thing? Oh, yeah. Sorry, dude. I'm going to the fucking opera house yeah, you know. to do a gig right. with no discernible skills. Right. Like, <laughs> I have a microphone and some words and a vague idea that a lot of people will find this amusing. Me, so and, my best, me and my best mate, Hamo, are going to fucking tell some jokes at, on right. the fucking main stage at the Sydney Opera House, right. We're motherfucker. With people who can sing and play instruments and can act, and it's just these two guys sitting in leather chairs in the Will Cave. We, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, right? So enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to plug it even more. I'm going to find that guy and I'm going to put him in all my plugs. <laughs> That'll be even more annoying because I'm just going to be plugging that I'm supporting. I'm not even, it's not even my show. I'm just, I'm just going to fill it up chock full of support for you and for him. (laughs) But it's so weird, isn't it? When someone just gets like, you know, you know, when you realize that you get angry over something that's not worthwhile getting or not angry or annoyed over. And I've been doing it for a few months now. You know, we we catch a lot of flights. You know, the person who asked to check if you have any chemicals on you. Yeah. I would often get, oh God, this is annoying. I've just gotten through security. And then it's like. It takes seconds, and they're just doing their job. You're an asshole, Hamo. So now I'm. I walk over with the bag open. G'day. <laughs> I'm probably going to get, you know, hauled off because I'm yeah. too positive towards That's right. him. Yeah, that guy's yeah. too optimistic. What's going on? Must be something nefarious. No, I just want you guys to feel good because in the past I've been an asshole. No, that, absolutely. Like I, I agree with you, and most of the time I, like. I, I've been trying to do a lot more of that. Like, you know, just yeah. kind of be in the moment and realise that everybody's got shit going on. Right. And But there still are just, like, the airport is a classic example because we travel all the time. And for me, it's people who don't stack their fucking trays after oh, that. Like, yes. the people who just get their shit out of the trays and they just leave the trays so yeah. they jam up and nobody else's shit can go through the x-ray. Yeah. Like, 
I go the opposite way. Like, yeah. I'm stacking trays for 15 minutes. I'm getting to the airport early so I can fucking put on a T-shirt and a fucking yeah. badge and stack trays. Yeah. Like, to the point where sometimes people hand me their tray right. like I work at the fucking airport. Right. You've got... There's a legend about you. The I'm old, like, I'm the the old tray boss. stacker. Yeah. <laughs> you ever hear about the old tray stacker? Nah. Big dude used to come in, pick up many trays. Oh, my God. How many? Sometimes up to 20. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. The tray stacker. I like the tray stacker. My, um, when we were going to Bali, the uh, guy at customs, the guy who was like checking us through at customs, uh, was a teabagger. Oh, really? This is the podcast. So, a big shout out to. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know how much I could joke around at customs still. So, if you're listening. Hard. Yeah. Sorry, I, I get if you you're 75%. Listening and, <laughs> I was like, is this a trick? Yeah. Hang on a sec. Like, I've if seen. You listen, if you listen to the podcast, he knows about one of the vital ingredients of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Right, He's checking if I've got a boogie board bag. Right, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll tell him I'm a tea. I'm a tea bagger, and you guys go through his stuff. <laughs> what an elaborate route. Yeah, but that was kind of fun. I like that. It's. Uh, do you remember? Do you know Fabian Clark, who's a uh, uh, an Adelaide comedian? He won uh, Adelaide Comedian of the Year, maybe last year or the year before, and he used to be a guy uh, at security at the oh, Adelaide yeah. Bank, uh, yeah, at the yeah. Adelaide Airport. I know. And that. so I'd say he's a really chilled dude and he, he's yeah. really dry, very funny, and I'd always see him. And then I didn't see him for a while, and the next time I saw him, he had dreadlocks. And I said, whoa, and he was like, uh, yeah, I quit my job. And I was like, no shit, Bob Marley, like you have really gone... And I loved it. It's just when I'd always liked him. I always uh, dug hanging it's out. Rare with him. That, it's rare that uh, dreadlocks mean you've got a promotion to work. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but as soon as he had the dreadlocks, it was like I was looking at the guy that I'd known for a long time, but it wasn't quite getting it right. That's I loved inter- it. That's an interesting idea. I- yeah. He's, he's really funny too. There is something about someone who gets caught in a job. You know, they're not that person, but they yeah. get defined by their job and then you actually see them out of it and you're like, oh, yeah, right. Well, that's why sometimes you ever get that thing where, uh, you know, like there's people that work at the comedy festival that I've known for, you know, about 10 years and, uh, and I know them well. I'll say, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, in July I'll see them somewhere and I just, like I, my brain seizes. I can't work out. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, and then they have to say comedy first. I go, oh, but it's, they're not in uniform or, or in context. Right. Oh, that's that's a good app. Here's my new thing on this podcast. I'm just going to invent the apps, and then anyone who wants them, just take them and make them. I don't yes. have the time. No, I've got shit going on already. I'm busy. My fucking diary is full. But if right. you want these ideas here, they fucking are. Yeah. All right. A context app. Firstly, here's an idea that I tweeted about the other day, but if Hollywood, if you want to get a get around this, a reality show made up solely of people who at the end of their reality shows in that last package they have with them, you know, when they're getting yep. eliminated, yep. vows that it won't be the last time you heard from them, but you've never heard from them again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Hollywood. That's yours. Oh. Just fucking do it. Just make it. I don't have the time. So, here's your app. It's a context app. Yep. So, basically, it, it's like Shazam or whatever, but right. like it gives you the context of that person. Yep. You save people in your phone. So, like you basically, you put your info in and their photo when you meet them. Yeah. Right. And then, like, your phone then just is able to access that and brings up the, like, you know, the context. Right. Yeah. Wow. 
That sounds like a, a Charlie Brooker episode of uh, Black Mirror. All right, Charlie Brooker, if you're listening yeah. and you want an idea for the next series of Black Mirror, it's Take yours. It. You're Take welcome. It. Whoever gets in first. Yeah. Can, can you this use is Matt an Smith? ideas factory, <laughs> yeah. but I don't actually do any of the production myself. Yeah. You can have it. Can you use Matt Smith? But it's all right if you don't, but we'd like it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. I've got an idea for Matt Smith. Uh, Matt Smith goes to Washington. Oh, right. Right. It's just a remake of yep. uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but with Matt Smith. Right. Playing himself. Yeah. That's three movies yeah three movies <laughs> peter jackson's involved <laughs> a lot of singing and dancing in the first one that took me by surprise but i gotta be honest i quite liked it i was uh, uh trying to write a joke for my for the show for the, the special and i just i was because i'm i talk about the when i first went to new york one of the main stories because the, the show is uh, about the theme of you know knowing what you're running to or what you're running from and it yeah. starts out me talking about what i'm running from the farm and you know yeah. all those sort of things and then kind of becomes a show about what i'm running to like a life of adventure and yeah. you know wanting to do comedy in america so i tell the story of the first time i did comedy in america and yeah. then kind of you know right through to me now being in America, you know, yeah. 12 years later, yeah. like kind of doing this thing I've always wanted to do. And that's kind of the shape of the show. You know, that's the kind of the, the through line, I guess, if, if there is one to the the show in a way. And I, uh, so the year was 1992. So just the other day I was Googling 1992, just to kind of, I wanted to evoke more memory of what yeah. that year was and right. where I would have been at and what, you know, what the movies were or what world events were going on or that yeah. sort of thing, you know, because the joke that I do in the, in the, in the show, and if anybody's coming to the show tonight, I'm not going to spoil, you know, this doesn't spoil too much, but you know, everybody else has seen it. You're not so, a reviewer. Right. <laughs> the classic reviewer move. <laughs> Here are some, what a great show. Here are some of his best one-liners. Ah, oh, please don't write them down. They were because they're one-liners. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I look back at 1992 and the joke I do in the show is like that people won't recognise that world because it's the world before the iPod came out, right? Mm. It was the year the iPod mm. came out and that's kind of the next bit of it, right? And so I want to make it seem like it was like a million mile- years ago. Mm. So I've looked back trying to find all these like weird things that won't exist anymore and I look at the biggest fucking stories of the year in 1992. Uh, climate change. Uh, yeah. We were at war in the Middle East. Yeah. And uh, the Hobbit movie was dominating Christmas. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I was oh. like, oh, well, maybe it hasn't quite moved on uh, quite as much um, <laughs> as I thought. I'm really looking forward to the three Batman prequels by Nolan then. Right. <laughs> that must be coming up next. I would love another go at that. That would be brilliant. <laughs> I would love if he went back and made, what could he make? He could make like, uh, well, you could just fill in all the gaps. Yeah. That's what he should do. Not prequels. He yeah. should do... Oh, here you go, Hollywood. Okay. In between calls. Right. Okay. Before you explain what that means, because I think I know what it means, I was going to suggest it should be structured like The Godfather Part 2. So we're watching the new Batman and Joseph Gordon-Levitt learning, and we've got uh, uh, parts of the Bruce Wayne story that we never saw. Like how he got back to the island on Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> that could be a whole movie. Yes, it could be too. And it could be almost like a Bond movie, you know, like there's no costume. Like, you know how you do it? Okay, Hollywood. <laughs> Here's another one for you. Um, it's just the new- Don't put your bands away, Hollywood. Yeah, this is still getting real. This is going to be nonstop. Um, Christian Bale in a new movie by Christopher Nolan. It has, uh, it's, you know, it's just, uh, it's his it's his James Bond film. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of like a man with no name kind of Which thing. Which is really cool because Christopher Nolan has a great 
like uh, as we know from Inception when they mm. did that uh, the Tom Hart was it the Tom, yeah, Tom Hardy, Hardy in the snow in the yeah. snow and that was just like a classic Her Majesty's Bond. Secret Service right, it yeah. was around that time yeah, yeah so he, he would make an awesome Bond style film yeah and then at the end of it it finishes with him walking up to Anne Hathaway and you realise oh my god I didn't even realise this was Bruce Wayne <laughs> That's the twist at the end. It's got an M. Night Shyamalan style yeah. twist. Um, I like it. I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, so that can that su- certainly fits into my new thing that I've just invented, In Between Calls. Right, yes. Uh, which is when you take a popular movie like series and yep. you just fill in the gaps. Rather than right. having to extend it more, you yep. just take moments that we haven't seen yet yep. and you have them. Like, just have a whole fucking first movie about like uh, Bruce training with... Um, the League of Shadows, right? For example, like I would have loved to see. Well, we saw highlights, yeah. But we could have. Had, you could just show the whole fucking thing. That would yeah. be. You could have seen more of him wandering before he even joined the League of Shadows. Yeah, he's obviously been doing stuff for a while. First half's but- wandering, and then the second half's League of Shadows. Right. Oh my God, that'd be good. I'd like- just like a whole movie of him, like you know, being rich and banging chicks. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be a spin-off that no one expected. Do you know what I mean? In that wide hotels, ninety-seven like- minutes in IMAX, <laughs> like a Wolf of Wall Street style, you know, like just. <laughs> The Bat of Bat Street. Yeah, right. Yeah. What about um, what about one set like about ten or fifteen years from now, and uh, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt Batman is you know he's getting on in years, and the, it's the first twenty-five minutes is about him, but he gets killed off, and Bruce has to come back. Oh, yeah, I quite like that. That'd be good. Yeah, but them all older, you right. know. But that doesn't fit my in-betweenquels, which I I think. Well, is we'll my do new another pitch. one after that quickly. Right. What's another What's another <laughs> movie series that needs an in-betweenquel? Oh, uh, well. Uh, they're doing it. Uh, it looks like they're going to be doing it as a comic, but you would really be into a between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back movie. I in reckon. Between call. That's yep. a perfect in between. Yeah, there's enough stuff going on. You get you get hashtag in between call. Yes. Hashtag. I might keep this idea. Hashtag. Yes. You're welcome, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we couldn't fit the idea in at the start. <laughs> Too many hashtags. Uh, the Will Anderson story. But the, uh, yeah, so because, you know, after they destroyed the Death Star, there's still stuff to do. You'd still have Luke training. You'd still have work out the, see the blossoming of the relationship between Leia and Han. You'd be having some weird stuff with Luke and Leia because right. they don't realise at this point. So they, some stolen glances might make you feel a bit awkward. But uh, you Yeah, know, but that'd be cool because right. we all know what happens. So. Yeah. Darth Vader marshalling the rest of the uh the I'd just like guys. a whole movie of Darth Vader being evil. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We don't yes. actually get to see him be, like, yeah. you know, quite evil enough. Like, because he's clearly had some victories. Right. If you know anything from the fucking movies, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm not quite across all the Star Wars movies because no. I just, don't, I'm not really that fascinated by it. No. Don't really like spacey stuff. Don't really like stuff about the mob. It's weird. Right. They're but you t- love The Departed. They're my two. Oh, yeah. You know what? I've loved heaps of mob movies. Yeah. I love Donnie Darko, but it's yeah. like, they have to be great movies. Donnie Darko? No, not Donnie, Donnie Darko. Brasco. Donnie Brasco. Donnie, <laughs> Donnie Darko Brasco. Oh, yeah, that's when... When uh, Johnny Depp was a rabbit at the end. Yeah, Spoilers. yeah. I'm, sorry. Oh, you've ruined it. <laughs> Hashtag thank you, Hollywood. No, Hollywood, thank us. <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, uh, Donnie Warburg. Donnie Warburg, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> at the end of us, the new kids on the block. Yeah, when, <laughs> when Johnny Depp... Joined the new kids on the block as a rabbit. The new kids on the block. Yeah. Frank Jake Gyllenhaal out. <laughs> Great movie. That can be between Donnie Darko and S. Darko, the, the sequel they made about the sister. <laughs> so we've kept the theme going. Everything's back on track. <laughs> it's 
What a, that you could? I reckon you could fit one in, like um, you could fit you could fit a cracking one between the Godfather Two and the Godfather Three. Yeah, exactly. Like a properly on the money, yeah, ripper of a film. Yeah, Al Pacino's way too old for it. I mean, that's a, but, yeah, um, they'd have to they'd have to recast or no, they just they'd have to do some stuff with prosthetics and oh no, they could just do it like Tintin. <laughs> Imagine that. Like well, you, you could back do the these things because they don't all have to be in the style of like the original movies. Right. Like, like you said, the James Bond style, you know, Batman adventure. Oh, like, yeah. I think you have the capacity to go away and you could do the Godfather, you know, two, two and a half. Yeah. Like as a cartoon or as yeah. a, like an animation or as a, right. like a live action sort of stop motion, like yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. you know. Bring it back with because the they're SpongeBob. Dif- they're different kind of. SpongeBob Godfather. <laughs> Robot chicken version, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look. <laughs> all of you people listening, you don't have to thank us. It's all yours. Do what you will with it. These are free ideas. Yeah. Uh, they're good else? ideas, though, aren't they? What else would need, uh, like, because I think that's good. They're two good pictures. If we went and mm. said, like, Batman, for obviously that's a big franchise, The Godfather, that's a great yeah. franchise. You could possibly squeeze one between the first two Bourne films. Like, he's on the run for a while before they catch up with him. You couldn't do it between the second and third because they run into each other, but you could definitely do it between the first and second. got to be honest with you. I'd be happy for a, a, a Bourne, like, not... It'd almost be just set five minutes into the first Bourne film, but then you have a whole film of him just... Oh, yeah, getting back on to... Just being... Yeah. Himself. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before he before, went amnesia, yeah. yes. I'd just right. like to know what his life was like. Right. What was he doing? What was he up to? Yeah. Yeah, all sorts of stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> and all violent as well. They're good films. Yeah. They are. They are a cracking three film. Like, if you're thinking, I don't want to do something today, other than just sit and watch something. Watch the three of them back to back, and you will fucking have had a cracking day. He's uh, coming back. Yeah, I'm wrapped. I'm Did really. Did you excited. know his middle name? This gives away a bit of a clue for the show as well. Uh, anyway, this is something I was wasn't going to reveal until the show's over. But anyway, Matt uh, Matt Damon's middle name. Mm. Do you know what his middle name is? No, Page. P-A-I-G-E, Page. Matthew Page. Damon. Page. Page. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Feels like a girl's name to me. Oh, it's like it definitely <laughs> smells like one. Page. Wow. So so now, like, the Page identity is a very different <laughs> film. <laughs> the Page ultimatum. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what, take my shoes off before I walk in the kitchen? Like, just, it, But you know what? It just likes, makes me like him more. It does. You know? It's just yeah. like, he's one of those guys that everything I learn about him just makes me like him more. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a big Hollywood actor, and he was in a film where he cried. Like, really? like properly cried. Like, not in a, oh, he's, there's a man. Like, <laughs> like, of the old school kind of thing. It was very much like it was bordering on, you know, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to see him cry like that. I thought, I don't feel good about this. <laughs> I really like him. And then later I didn't. But you know why? Do you know why? <laughs> he was able to ask, access like all the bullying he got from having Paige as his middle name. Right. And that's why his tears are so realistic. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, well, now it's just brought an extra depth to it. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think there was ever a weird conversation between Ben Affleck and J-Lo when J-Lo found out? I reckon like, there was heaps of weird conversations and, between them. Yeah, but this one would have been, they would have been at parties and what she wouldn't would be able to let it about? go. Well, that, I reckon she would have been like, oh, my God, his mid- Paige. And he'd be oh, like, his middle don't, net is Paige. Yeah, don't, I don't know how she talks. No, I was like, who is that? 
That's so, how I imagine J Lo talks, right. but I never hear her talk. Does she just have an American accent? Uh, I, th- I, think, I think it's a bit oh, like does that. She this? No, oh, this is boring. I'm wrong. I am J Lo. No, <laughs> who is that? That's you're the, you're back in the Bond film. I'm, you're, not, you're, I'm not very good at accents. You're a femme fatale from 1968. <laughs> All my accents start with good intentions and end in racism. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'll be the documentary made about you. <laughs> Fifteen years hence. If I die between now and my fucking taping, they'll just play that bit out of context. Oh and god. That's how I'll be remembered. Yeah, and I'll have to do the like the today tonight circuit, explaining the context, no. them trying to make me explain why it's funny and me getting angry. Look, if you weren't there, you don't get it. Anyway, it's good to plan ahead for these things. Right, at least you're getting some work out of it, you know? That's what I like. Don't get me wrong, my profile's going up. It's been great for you. You'll yeah. have to add in a third show in Perth. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd be wrapped about that. I'd be so excited. Yeah, at the end of the Today Tonight thing, you go, so it's a real tragedy and maybe he was a racist. But anyway, tickets available for my yeah, third show. Yeah, I promise I won't talk about it in the show. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like you. I like you in betwixtools. Twixtools. In between calls. In between calls. In between calls. In between calls. Yeah. In between calls? Yeah. Maybe in between calls. In be- Is it in between calls? That's all of it, and that explains it. But maybe you'd shorten to in between calls. Yeah. In between calls. Yeah. I reckon there's some movies that have that, and they're, they're terrible mistakes, like The Hunger Games, like splitting two fil- uh, one film into two. And No, see, that what they did is just pad it, it right. out. That's yeah. different. That's different. What you do is tell the story, but in between, re- release an in between call. Yeah. Just release some fucking footage of her and, like, old mate going to some parties or like you know her and other old mate fucking you know shooting some rabbits and shit right more of that stuff yeah that'd be more good more of the games gotta yeah. be honest with you I would have happily watched like a, a two hour movie of just kids killing other kids well you know what they should like, do like often I feel like they rush through some of those killings and they could really linger on them you know what they could let do let us really enjoy them as an audience right well you if know. you're gonna do it you might as well do it to excess right just like do it in real time like boyhood right like <laughs> Right. No, but actually you get the kids to kill up the kids. Yeah. No, you 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 make it like a documentary. Right. I like agree. like a really high class, you yeah. know, eighty minute documentary about previous Hunger Games. So you've got different eras, you got different kinds of footage, you got different stories. Or you know what would be good? Or yeah, I mean, I would love that. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Some talking heads like a Ken Burns kind of documentary. That'd be a really fucking cool thing. Yeah. Um, like a documentary they made to promote the because in the isn't that they go back for the big anniversary one? Yeah. That's the conceit where they go back in the second movie because yeah. it's the whatever you know. Um, so they're making a documentary, yeah, for like this thing, and we get to see the documentary. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fucking cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Like yeah. that would actually be a great. Like I would love that. Right. <laughs> I reckon that'd be fascinating. That could be a new genre, couldn't it? Like you know how calls. you know, um, but you know how you had uh, um, found footage movies that became a thing. Maybe it could be uh, like people start making little eighty-minute uh, faux documentaries that go with the movies. So you know, like it comes. Would you out- say faux fopumentaries? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Let's brand this shit now. But that would be that would be great. Imagine like before the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight had come out, there'd been an eighty-minute documentary about what had been going on with people doing interviews and the urban legend that was stalking the streets of Gotham. 
Well, they're kind of doing it a little bit with those sort of like things, aren't they? Where they mm-hmm. release like a a little extra bit or like a little. They do it a lot with TV shows now, where yeah. like you know, in between seasons, if you're a subscriber, you'll get these little yeah. shorter, you know, kind little of two minute vignettes. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's just a bigger version of that, right? Essentially, it's just making fan fiction movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I would be up for that. Yeah, no, I think that's it's a really good idea. What's another big franchise we can get around? What What are the big ones that people would like to, you know, really milk? Like, oh, what would a Transformers one be like? Could you could you could you bring a bit of credibility to it? Here's what I would like. I'll tell. Oh yeah, okay. No, yeah. Let's go with Transformers first. Yeah, because um, I'm not a fan of any of those movies. Oh, terrible so, movies. Right. Um, but. I don't the thing the one thing we never really get to see in any of those Transformers movies is just kind of like what we got to see in the old Transformers movies, which was kind of almost like the Transformers just being superheroes. Do you know what I mean? Right, like you're yeah. just like fighting crimes. Yep. You know? Yep. Like helping humanity like be saved. There's too yep. much always like us against them or what's going on. Yep. Like I just like a whole movie where like they're on our side and we yeah. can just enjoy the fucking Transformers smashing people. Yeah, and imagine like- a uh, imagine like a start to the movie where it's a um it's like a Michael Mann Nolan start to Dark Knight where it's a bank robbery and there's uh, it turns into a big shootout and next minute you just hear cars being bang 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 behind and everyone looks up and it's optimus prime as the truck just knocking cars out the way and then he flips and goes bum, 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 and, and it was like ah that would be a great start to the film right i think that would be fantastic okay here's an idea what about like a like a movie but kind of shot in the same way as they shoot um house house of cards right oh, yeah yeah where it's like based around megatron mm-hmm. right but you get to see like it's kind of like a political power play. Oh right, of Megatron. You know, like you know, amongst the other Transformers. Right, and sta- yeah, kind of like establishing his you know power and like right. he's kind of you see him as this you know sympathetic evil person. You right. start you understand Megatron rather than wow, that's mind blowing. Right, <laughs> that's a really mind blowing idea. the The idea of just trying to make those movies have a bit of depth. Mm. <coughs> Did you see the um, trailer for the... Oh, I've lost my voice. <coughs> Did you see the trailer for the third House of Cards? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I thought it was a good trailer. I, I enjoy that series so a lot. I. I think Kevin Spacey's great, and uh, I think Robin Wright's fantastic. And, you know, it's a bit... She's cam- underrated. It's a bit campy. Yeah. <clears throat> but I love a Hollywood... Uh, like, I love a, a like a political intrigue yeah. story. Like, I've been watching... Uh, you're not like watching a- it for The Wire, you're watching no. it for something else. And there's bits of it that I really fucking love. I think it's yeah. really great sometimes. And then sometimes it's a bit soapy and whatever. But yeah. it's whatever. I enjoy it. But um, I enjoy all those shows. The one that I've been really enjoying is the um, Taya Leone uh, one. Uh, oh, right. What's that? Madam Secretary, I think it's called. Yep, right. And it's like a, it's a network show. And it has no excuse to be as good or as entertaining as it is. Yeah, right. Um, and... The one that I've been watching, which is fucking terrible, which will not surprise you in any way, but this is how much I like shows about that, that I'm even watching this terrible, rancid piece of shit that, like, even the people making it can't believe anybody's watching from the way they're writing it, which is Affairs of State, starring Catherine Heigl. Oh, right. Catherine Heigl as, like, a, like, basically is, like, you know, she's, like, 
Hillary Clinton or whatever, you know. Right. The, and she's like, did you say hello Clinton? Hillary Clinton. All <laughs> oh, right. I thought I got she's also hello Clinton, <laughs> <laughs> which is this. It's the sequel to Hello Kitty. You're right. Yeah. It's hello, like an Clinton. old president fingering a pussy. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> hello Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not that's HBO. <laughs> like, there's no way we're getting that one past the networks. Um, but yeah, it's terrible. It's yeah. so fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you just hear things and you you go, well, that's just not going to fly. No, I knew now, it was going to be terrible. Right. But even by the standards of terrible, I imagined it was going to be. It's so much worse than that. Right. How's it rating? I haven't looked at the ratings. I've just been because I've been in Australia, so I've just been downloading it and watching it. Right. And uh, how many have you watched? Oh, all of them. Why did you watch all of them? Well, I just, I just like to... I like those sort of shows. Right. Like but not this, this one? No. No. But I... How many episodes did you watch? I don't know, eight or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really enjoying Fargo, but I still, I'm still up to episode seven. I've been taking ages with that. Yeah, but, you know, there's some shows you can just kind of fucking watch in the background. Yeah. Like, right. I'm a very much a background watcher. Yeah. Like, I will churn... Officer. <laughs> Nothing weird going on here. I'm actually looking past the house. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a background watcher, mate. I just like the background. Yeah, yeah. I know there's kids playing down there, but I'm looking yeah. at the horizon. How good's that horizon? That's just what I'm into, mate. <laughs> What's wrong with you? No, I, yeah, I like I like having things on just while I'm working. And a yeah. lot of the time they're actually, like, you know, very formulaic shows because they're, they're the easiest ones to just, yeah. you know, watch in the background. Yeah. Um, the other night I was watching uh, The Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, yeah. Which... I, I, I'm loath to watch that show because I think Donald Trump is one of the worst people on the planet. Right. Um, but there's something that I also find a bit schlocky and entertaining about it, so right. I often watch it. So this season in particular, it's just started. This was the first episode I watched the other night. And um, the, the celebrities are, like, when they first, like, before the names came up, like, I think there was three celebrities I recognised. Oh, right. Yeah, like Gilbert Gottfried's in it. Right. Uh, Geraldo Rivera is in it. Right. And... Uh, the man who said that um, uh, LeBron James uh, should be a good American and not talk out about politics uh, and just concentrate on being a father. And as John Stewart pointed out, yeah, he is. Like, he's a father at home. With his kids, and he's really looking after them, and he has a job. And then pointed out that Geraldo has five different children to five different mothers spread out throughout America. And you went, "Wow, that is a takedown right there." <laughs> well, Geraldo yep. Rivera is in it. Yeah, um, there's a couple of sports people. There's a couple of like reality TV stars, that sort of thing. And one of the people is in it is a uh, Keisha Castle Hughes, um, who no, that's not right. She's the Whale Rider. That's right. The, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought you were going to say it's the whale rider. No, it's not the whale rider. No. I, no what's her name? Uh, she was uh, Rudy in uh, the Cosby Show. Oh right, her what, Rashida. What Rashida Jones. Castle Hughes. Castle Hughes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I know who you're talking about. What is her name? Okay. Um, well, whatever her name is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to Google it. Kesia Knight. Pulliam. Yep. Rudy. Yeah. From the Cosby Show. Yep. Iron Zeering was also on the show. I, n- I need to point that out. <laughs> right. Uh, Where did he find the time with Sharknado 3 about to go into production? So Iron Zeering, uh, at some stage, one of the guys calls him Ian and he goes, it's iron. It's always been iron. Yeah. Everywhere with you. <laughs> I am Iron Man. No, Ian Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now you're Ian Man. Now I'm Iron Man. <laughs> no, trust me, you're the invincible Ian Man. That's a great in between call. Ryan. <laughs> Iron Man with Iron Zeering. <laughs> it's when Tony Stark's really busy and yeah. Iron Zeering has to be Iron Man for a while. You know what it is? It's uh, Iron Man crossed with the greatest American hero. We'll get a rap version of Believe It or Not, I'm Walking On Air. Or you just sample that bit. Something. <laughs> there you go, Hollywood. Uh, hey, uh, while we're speaking of Hollywood, how about this one? Uh, what about a movie in the Batman trilogy just about uh, those guys who were pr- dressing up as Batman and being Batman? Oh, right. And some of the times where they got shit right. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? When they actually solve crimes and like yeah, that wasn't know, stop their, things. That wasn't their first night out. No. They just went out someone who was bigger and better than them. It right. was like they were winning a lot of uh, little bouts around town. They got then, their confidence up. Yeah, and then they got to the they got to the challenger round and if right. they, then if they'd won that, they would have taken on the big cheese, the bat himself. Right. For the bat belt. <laughs> <laughs> it's the utility award. And it's uh <laughs> Yeah, that would be good cuz uh, but you know what it would be? It would it would be um it would be a it would be pretty violent because there would be no finesse to them. Yeah. So all the violence you would see would actually be quite different to the Dark Knight trilogy. It'd be a little bit more brutal. It'd be a little bit more gory. Just those It'd be like little... Romba Somba. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Because some of them would have like fucking like vigilante opinions as well. Yep. Oh, so it's like a romper stomper style movie yep. about these guys who are like have been inspired by Batman but miss the fucking point. Mm-hmm. You know, like comedians who watch Bill Hicks and miss the point. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, so, and they've been inspired by Batman but by all the wrong things. Right, all they want to do is dress up as bats and fucking you know kick the shit out of people and stuff like that. That they right? deem that they have deem. broken the yeah, law, broken which sometimes they get society. right. And sometimes they don't. Yeah, exactly. And so it's yeah, it's like a romper stomper style. Oh man, right. you know that's how... a movie. You're welcome, uh, Hollywood. Get you're welcome, done. Hollywood. It would be so good because then you know what you could also have in that the classic comic book superhero trope where he's trying to keep it secret from his wife. Oh yeah. Perfect. So so it's a classic. It's got the, a bit of uh, the classic uh, superhero story, but he's not the real one and he's a vigilante and he is out of control and he's hanging out with other assholes who range from the moderate Batman to the I can't even believe that you thought Batman was just a dude with a big baseball bat and why do you keep hitting that person jaywalking? Uh, I don't know why I thought of this. I think it's because you said trope and then I was thinking of puns in my head and then I thought enough trope and I suddenly had this like idea for a TV show where like Andrew De- an Andrew Denton style, you could even get Denton to come back and do it. Yeah. But, like, you know, or a Michael Parkinson or yep. Dave Letterman or whoever <clears throat> does an hour long interview right. with Bruce Wayne. Oh, do you know shit. I mean? Like it's Bruce Wayne on one of yep. those shows. Yeah. And he's doing an hour-long interview, and he like he he hits him with the allegations that people think he's Batman, like in yep. the thing. Yep. How about this? We not only do that, but we have Letterman interviewing Christian Bale, but then we have Jay Leno interviewing the George Clooney Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> we have Carson interviewing the Michael Keaton Bruce Wayne. How good would that be? How about we remake? <laughs> The uh, Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, we have Joan Rivers interviewing the Adam West Batman. <laughs> That'd be devastating. Yeah, but we've done it with like a two-pack style hologram. Right, It's a hologram right. of Joan Rivers yeah. interviewing that would be so the good, Adam though. West Batman. <laughs> That'd be so good. Uh, so, uh, what about this? Uh, what about... <laughs> <laughs> what about this? It isn't fair. 
I got an idea I want to share. Uh, what about Alfred? Like the years when he was like in the art, uh, like you know, in doing oh, the special forces right. sort of fucking work. You know, the, uh, the I, I want that as a series, like a young Michael Caine style character, without a doubt. And I want young it to, Alfred ten, ten episodes in a season, and the final episode of the first season is when they go and find that guy who's been throwing the jewels around the size of tangerines, and you go, right. oh no, this not. <laughs> We burnt the forest down. You go, oh, my God, we uh, saw that story. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> That'd be so good. Yeah. That would be, I reckon that would be on a par with the final episode of The Leftovers, which made me very excited. <laughs> but also made me think, if you don't make another series, I'll be fine. That was wicked. Do you think they won't make another series? Is that the talk? No, they'll make another series. Yeah, I was going to say. But I was very, I, I can't remember the last time I got to the end of something and thought, uh, look, if you make another one, I'll be into it. But, geez, that was really good. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about The Leftovers, I think, on air. I, I don't know if we talked about it off mm. air or on air. But, because um, I was a bit, I, I think there were some structural problems with the first season. I think yeah. they should have revealed a little bit more of what happened early on. There's an episode towards the end of the series. It's episode that I nine think, out of ten. Yeah, that I think should have like would have been better earlier on. And there's a couple of things. Uh, but I thought the last episode was fucking great. Like, it was one of those like, things where even if there was part of me that probably did not fully love any episode of it before then, like, I love bits of it, but yep. there was other bits. Yeah, it, like I said, do, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Justin Throw, I just... I you just struggle with him. Whatever, I just struggle with him. Yeah. And um, uh, there was someone else in it that I... Uh, yeah. Anyway, you just have a couple of things that bother yeah. you, you know? Um, so, but that last episode's fucking great. Like, unbelievable. Like, it was like one of those scenes where I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, yeah you have nailed this. <laughs> nailed this. It's like, um, like these are two very different shows, but it gave me the same feeling of the last episode of the second season of Millennium, where everything was going to shit and, uh, and Frank gets his wife and his kid up to this abandoned cabin while everything's falling apart in the world. And they have, uh, there's a disease that's been let loose and he's only got one... He's been inoculated, but he's only got one left, and they're there with his wife and daughter. And then the last scene is the wife has obviously just walked out of the cabin because he's inoculated the baby, and there's all this screaming and static going on, and his hair's gone white from the shock of what he's gone through. And he went, don't come back. And they came back, and it wasn't very good. But I choose to think it finished there. Millennium's one of those shows that... Um, it. it, it it right was from that. It was from that era of promising more than you delivered. Oh uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the yeah. X Files was as well. And I think if they remade either of those shows now with yeah. the people who make good shows, yeah, they would be fucking awesome shows because the concepts of both of those shows are fucking great. Yes. And all the things they brought up, and with the way that people know how to execute shows now, yeah, I think you could really make a fucking great version of both Millennium and The X-Files. Yeah, you could do, uh, once again, like uh, eight episodes, you know, like a true detective kind right. of, uh, you can, you know, you could even make it like a soft reboot, you know, with uh, possibly new actors, but in different stories that we never got to see or whatever, so you don't have to really... Do anything, or you go. I think we've talked about this before. Actually, you go a little bit hardcore, and it's um, uh, the two newbies that have to go and find uh, Mulder, right? Because <laughs> something's gone down, and then you know you can just retrospectively like it would be a show that would be quite easy to go back over and fix inconsistencies and make it into something a little bit more streamlined, a little bit more sen- uh, make sense, and you know, up to date. Right. Yeah, no, I know you could definitely do a modern. X Files, like and we yeah. have talked about this before, but you, have, you could definitely do a modern X Files with yeah. Mulder as the mysterious kind of 
older Obi Wan style kind yeah. of fucking character. But, in it. but be but have the characters not know that he like we know you can trust him, but have the characters never certain. That would be a nice little right. twist on that. You know, like we're all sitting there going, he's like he's fine. Like don't get me wrong, he's mental, but you can trust him. <laughs> and these guys, I don't know, like he smokes and you know because he does smoke now, just right. throwing us off base a little bit. Yeah, it would be good. Yeah, I, and in fact, in the first few episodes, all you see is like the smoke and yeah. the smoking, and you're like, yeah. oh, it's a fucking smoking man's back, right? Okay, right. But and it's, it's fucking Mulder. Mulder, and he's oh, that's so good. And you okay. have like a nice six minute tracking shot when he ends in a UFO and he's trying to get out. All the different nooks and crannies with things going on around him. That would be cool. Like, like True Detective. I'm into this. <laughs> So, I was watching The Celebrity Apprentice, which is not a show that fits into this. No. But anyway, Keisha Castle Hughes. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam. Yes. uh, She played Rudy, and she was the first team leader. They split them boys versus girls. Right. right? And here's what their challenge was. They had to run. This is why I was so excited by this episode, for so many different reasons. It was just an awkward episode of television to watch. The first one was that they were trying to... Uh, the challenge was to see who could make the most money at a pie face. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> it was the pie face in New York. And I was like, well, if there is one thing that Donald Trump has experienced with, it's like, you know, uh, bankrupt companies. Right. So I guess... Right. This is working out well. Also, yeah. it turns out he's a big fan of the podcast. I, lo- I love that they were like... But the thing was, they were raising money for charity. And I was like, oh, my God. If this... Like, if you'd waited three months, you'd realize the charity they should have been raising money for was pie face. Yeah. <laughs> pie face could have done with those dollars, it turns out. <laughs> You were just rubbing that in pie faces, pie face. Yeah, that's like walking up to a homeless person and saying, do you know where I can get a job? Like, that is bullshit. <laughs> I have to admit, I just quoted David Addison from Moonlighting, one of Bruce Willis's best. Wow, look <laughs> yeah, at that. Yeah, I remember that from my kid. So, um, uh, so uh, Keisha Castle-Hughes slash Keisha Knight-Pulliam. Yes. Uh, she is the team leader for the women, right? And they both do a good job, but the men do better because Geraldo Rivera is their team leader and Geraldo Rivera has a lot of uh, big-time contacts. Right. A lot of big-time contacts come in town with big checks. Right. A lot of terrible people. Right. A lot of people that John Stewart makes fun of on The Daily Show. Right, right. The kind of person that wouldn't give any money to a charity but will help out Geraldo doing a pie face challenge. Exactly. Oh, That's exactly them. who we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, so they win. So that means that uh, it looks like that little old Rudy is going to be on the chopping block because normally if you're the team leader, right. you're the one who gets the blame, right? Yep. So And she'd done a fine job, but the big sticking point was from the other contestants was why didn't you call Bill Cosby? Because like she was on the Cosby show and he's like this rich guy oh, and they didn't right. get enough benefactors, right? So right. the whole theme through it is like, is she going to call Mr. Cosby? Why isn't she calling Mr. Cosby? He's this rich guy. Why isn't Bill Cosby here? Why doesn't she want to call Bill Cosby? And all the contestants are like constantly going, they're getting up her because they're like, but why didn't you just call Bill Cosby? And now we know why she didn't fucking call Bill, Bill Cosby. Because like, Bill Cosby is a fucking monster. Right. Like, that is... Um, they you, should let her back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that the They day, should have a DRS yeah. where they review the decision and they yeah. go, look, 
light in light of circumstances. Yeah. It's like letting someone out of prison when they find out, you know, like the DNA sample or whatever. Yeah. She should get back in the Celebrity Apprentice, right? Because she had a fucking excuse of why not to call that. Like, monster. like the best excuse. Yeah. And like, oh lord, could you imagine that the day they finished filming that and she got kicked out? Then one of them said, "You know what? It's been a really big night. Uh, I thought we should all need to relax. Uh, I've got us tickets to see Hannibal Buress. So let's head down." <laughs> And it's going to be great, and we can just feel positive about every decision we've ever made. He's really funny. Yeah, so I, I was <laughs> very amused that. by the episode that featured both uh, Pie Face and Bill Cosby. It was a very <laughs> awkward episode of The Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> I hope every week, every challenge like that they do, and every person just has some weird... Oh, L- Lorenzo Lamar is in it. Do you remember him right. from Renegade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he- He's in it. Do you know how much money he brought in to the pie challenge? No. Yeah, that's the answer. No money. No money. Oh, yeah. Look at him. He doesn't know anyone who's going to eat a pie face. No one. Yeah. Like zero. Everyone oh, he there's would... a Jonas in it. There's right. a, One of them's a Jonas. Oh, okay. Yeah. With, uh, with Lorenzo, he would have been calling his friends, do you want to come down? And his friends would have been going, he knows I would never eat a pie. What kind of challenge is this? <laughs> oh, if I turn up, I won't be cool. All right, I'm not going. Click. <laughs> You know, uh, a friend of ours was uh, offered um, uh, an opportunity to audition for uh, The Apprentice in Australia. The Celebrity Apprentice? No, just The uh, the Regular the Apprentice. apprentice. Yes. Yeah. okay. And uh, it was funny because she wasn't really into the idea of doing it, but she was like, you know, wanting to, to discuss it. And I had to say to her, and this, is a, this was a very delicate conversation, but I had to say to her, I said, I love you dearly. And I know you very well, and I'm telling you here and now, if you go on it, they will edit you so you are the biggest bitch. And it's a hard thing to say. And it's like, I know that sounds really hard. It is hard to say to somebody, but right. you do. But I mean, you no, just... I don't think she's a bitch. I'm just no. saying, but knowing her personality, because she finds it difficult, if someone's annoying her, you can see it on her face. So they will be able to edit that, at, you know, make her eyes look a bit too big, put some dramatic music and use that against her. And so it was a very delicate conversation which I must say, I nailed. <laughs> I, 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 I think about this quite a lot. It's one of those weird alternative reality things, yeah. but I always am fascinated to know. If I could go to a world where they just gave you the experience, here you go, here you go, world, here's another idea. It's like some sort of experience, like an, an experien- experiential experience, I guess. Yep. It's like maybe the people who are making those fucking goggles that, you know, o- Oculus or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oculus, oh, yeah. if you're listening. Here's an idea for you. This is for you. Basically, it's like where you go and you whack on some mask or whatever, and mm. you can experience like experiences you would like to know what that would be like, but not yeah. actually have to go through them. Right. So, for example, I would love to know what people would think of me if I was a contestant on a reality show, but I don't want to go on a reality show to test that out. Right. So you go into this program and you put on this thing and it like does a virtual reality like journey on what it would be like if you went on Survivor or what it would be like if you were on Big Brother or whatever right. and how you'd be perceived and what your life would be like and you get to be in this experience, like in the goggles, and you live it, but all in the kind of comfort of knowing that eventually... You know, like, I mean, you take off the goggles and you go back to your regular life. But basically, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing where you get to see, if I'd made this choice, what would it be like? Or if I had this job or if I was this person. And you can go and test out, like, alternative scenarios. Right. What about one where you could just test, if you did things earlier in your life, how you would walk now? So, like, if you'd taken up yoga when you were 15, I wonder how I'd walk now. Or if I'd played... 
I don't know why the idea of working out what I would walk like would mean I would be a very different type of person in many situations. Well, you need to have the positive on that as well, which is what you can do from now on. So you'd have right. to have like the app would be if you'd done it since you were ten. Yeah. You know, how would you walk now? Yeah. Uh, but the other one is like uh, if you from now on do yoga or whatever yeah. that stretch or whatever the fucking things are, right? Go on a treadmill or whatever the right. available options are. Yeah. How you'll walk in 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. If I take up sprinting. Right. I love sprinting. Fartlek. How will fartlek involve me? How was, do you know what fartlek is? No. Fart, I just like saying that word. Why fartlek. wouldn't you? What is it? Uh, F-A-R-T-L-E-C, I believe, fartlek. Right. It's a method of training that professional athletes use where it's like where you like basically it's a lot of like, you know, sp- sprinting short distances yep. in like, you know, in a row and stuff like that. I don't know exactly. I mean. Right. You know, and it's called fartlek. It's called fartlek training. Has any- AFL people will do fartlek training and Kurt Fernley, who's on my other podcast, Philosophy, um, I talked to him. And uh, he he does fartlek training. Right. That's that's how you train. It would be a marathon. You don't train by just running a marathon all the time. You have to do fartlek training. Right. When they say it to you, fartlek. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, is there a wink? Is there a twinkle no, in the it's eye? Like I mean, does anyone realise how fucking hilarious, hilarious that sounds to say fartlek? Right. I mean, to me, I'm just enjoying saying it right now. Yeah. Fartlek. One of my favourite uh, German like- NBA players, fartlek shrimp. <laughs> That's a very obscure joke for some big old school NBA fans out there. I actually went to uh, that um, <laughs> the Forrest Gump uh, shrimp place and had some fartlek <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> Whatever. I gave up on that halfway through. <laughs> what I enjoyed though, was the head gave up, but the mouth kept going. <laughs> the Will Anderson story. The Will Anderson story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you said we should finish up in a bit. This is our because uh, we're going to stop talking. I'm going to save my voice for tomorrow oh, yeah. night. Um, two shows, mate. So you know, yeah, got to save my voice. Now, it's like doing Bikram yoga in here. <laughs> it is. It is warm in here. Yeah. It's getting hot in here. It's good. We'll have clear Let's pores for the DVDs. <laughs> clear hearts, clear pores, as I say in the in the game. <laughs> in Friday night, make up lights. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> Friday night's makeup, lights, action. It's a musical. <laughs> You're welcome, Broadway. <laughs> Take it. Take it. Uh, all right. Uh, so here's what I, uh, you had a, a space time travel scenario that you were going to. Oh, run right. Through. Yeah. So that's what you said at the start of the podcast. You were like. Did I say it at the start of the podcast? Or well, did no, I say you it said in the it kitchen? off air at the start of the podcast. Oh, in the right, kitchen, yeah. But I consider that the start of the podcast. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> at some point we turn on the mics. Uh, so I was reading this in New Scientist and it's oh, yeah. called Once Upon a Time. I like to read old scientist magazine. Oh, they're great, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, because it's like people just saying really outrageous things. The Earth is flat. Yeah, like, oh. they show you a picture of the moon. It's got that rocket in its eye. <laughs> like it's <laughs> Good on you guys, old scientists. Yeah, old scientists is great. <laughs> Why is everything leeches? Old scientists. <laughs> Yes, that would be on the cover. They always pose a question. When to leech? <laughs> <laughs> always. <Yeah>. All scientists. <laughs> it's, a very th- it's a very thin publication. Um, but so in this, uh, they pose a question, what is now? Uh, it is an idea that physics treats as, mi- as a mere illusion, yet it is something we're all familiar with. Blah, blah, blah. The, um, <laughs> 
I just want to get to the interesting bit. I love, but I was hoping in New Scientist, that's how they're writing now. Yeah. That's something we're all interested in, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, they know that no one's paying attention. They just want to get to the big bit. So, uh, anyway, in recent years, they have amassed evidence indicating that now lasts on average between two and three seconds. This is the now you are aware of, the window within which your brain fuses with what you're experiencing into a psychological present. Uh, but then uh, also there's evidence that you the now you experience is made up of a jumble of mini subconscious nows and that your brain is choosy about what events it admits into your nows. Are you with me? <laughs> Isn't that like, do you know what I Sorry, mean? So two questions. Uh, how soon is now? What's now? And how now, brown cow? <laughs> right. Well, let me answer the second question first. <laughs> Always now. <laughs> As for the first one, so, you know, like a now is... No, I... I well, because even when you were telling me about that now, and yeah. I was trying to comprehend what you were saying, I was trying to listen to you uh, and actually understand the idea you were trying to express rather than just trying to think of a joke. Right. So, already in my head, I've made a choice between nows because, not like... Some, some. Well, normally when we're doing the podcast, I'm trying to do both. I'm yeah. trying to listen to you and be a good listener, but at the same time, try to think of something funny to, you know, help the story or like move it forward or whatever. You know, weave it yeah. together. Um, so I put that out of my mind because I was like, I'm going to need to fully, fully comprehend that. So that was one now, right? Right. And also, I was staring at you. I wasn't staring at the Evil Dead poster or the Radiohead poster behind your wall or the, you know, football jumper up here yeah. or the pet member Ramona thing that's actually out of date. She's not even an official pet member of the Bulldogs at the moment. I have to pay her up again for next year. My right. point is that I shut all those things out and I just concentrated on you. So they were all nows, right? That I, I wish could you have told been me experiences. That, right. I wish you'd told me that in November. I would have put that as the quote on my poster. Ne but <laughs> I watched him, didn't look at the Radiohead poster, didn't look at the Evil Dead poster, didn't look at the dog thing. <laughs> right. Fully focused on Justin, Will Anderson. <laughs> Two and a half uh, But yeah, so isn't that... <laughs> But so if we were both to talk about that now, now that we both experienced, yeah. we would have, because we were both in it at different times, uh, you know, like from different perspectives and my now might not have been your now because I might have come in at three as you started on one. So yeah. we might, that might be why we I love think of my, things differently. My now is not your now is my second favourite Hunters and Collectors song. Right. After Do You See What I Say. Yeah. Do You See What I Say then uh, yeah. my now is not your now. Yeah. And yeah. it was that and I loved uh, Hoodoo Guru's uh, Light Now Wipeout. Yeah. That's a good Australian 80s music joke. <laughs> yeah. They're all in the soundtrack for that Clint Eastwood movie, Any Which Way But Time. <laughs> you know, the one with the monkey that's written all the works of Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> that was the name of the actor, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Now. <laughs> so, so, but what are they trying to say with uh, about that? What is the actual point of that? Uh, oh, I don't know. I haven't read that far. <laughs> I was in the now. <laughs> I didn't see into the future. <laughs> yeah. No one else has read any more of the article because everyone reads that first right. bit and they go, oh, well, I guess this is all there is. Right. I'm in the now. I don't have time to read that. I mean, I do try to, like as a broader philosophy, I think in the last year or so in particular, genuinely try to live in the now. Like right. it's something that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be present in the moments. Yeah. Do you think that's something that happens as you get older? Like I guess when you start to go, oh, yeah, this is my life. Yeah. Like I think sometimes when you're – and again, it's actually a theme that's kind of explored in the show. You know, you've got to know what you're running to or what you're running from. And like I think that 
after a while you start to accept yourself and you're like, well, this is me. This is mm. who I am. I might as well start enjoying or being in. This is my life. Mm. I'm not preparing for it. I'm not getting ready for my life. This is my life. Mm. Well, that's but that that uh, ties into doing things like, you know, how we were discussing getting annoyed at the person who wants to test to see if I've got chemicals in my bag at the airport. Like, that's because, you like, getting annoyed is because you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about something else. You're thinking about this. You're thinking about that. So when that comes in, it's like, <laughs> now it's just like, oh, yeah, they're doing their job. Da, 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 da. Seconds, done. You don't think of that now, but that now is heaps better than some of the nows you've had. Right, and also... Sorry to get all Dr. Seuss on that. No, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I should have done the final night of the tour in Nara. Right. <laughs> It'll be on now. <laughs> we are very late for the gig. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay, well, that's it. That's the podcast. Um, that was our, uh, you know, little uh, promo podcast. That was our little look. Hey, here's some free shit. Right. Uh, if you're thinking about buying a ticket, there are still a couple hundred available. Right. For the second show tomorrow night. The first show is sold out, which is great. Yep. Uh, very exciting. And the second show has a couple hundred tickets left. No, that's um, not many. That's good, though. It's not that many. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you know, but... Uh, like, it's some people might hear that and think, what? But, you know, how many does it seat? Like... Over 2,000. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so there's still some tickets available and there's actually a couple of good tickets available because uh, what happened is there's some tickets that if you've been to the Opera House concert hall, you'll know there's some tickets that are in the wings almost on the stage. Right. And at the start, we didn't sell those tickets, but then when they put the set in, they realized that those uh, like would be in shot for the oh, DVD right. and stuff. Yep. So we put those on sale late. So there's actually still some of those available and they're almost the best tickets in the entire fucking house. So, right. So it's not even like, you know, if you're going to come, you'll sit up the back. But anyway. Yeah. Come and sit up the back. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good up the back. It'll be great everywhere. Come yeah. and be part of it. If you like this, come and be part of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. No, As we be, said, it's two it'll idiots be awesome. with barely any discernible skills. Right. Uh, playing the opera house. Playing the opera house. And, like, if you don't enjoy the ridiculousness of that, then, you know, come along because you might like it. <laughs> Worst sales pitch ever. <laughs> you have the team. The hey, Apprentice. <laughs> Justin Hamilton, where can people find you apart from the Sydney Opera House? Uh, what's your Twitter? What's your Facebook? Uh, people should listen to your podcast. Can you take this photo, please? I was on the most recent episode talking mm. about Gruen. If you want to hear me talk about, you know, Gruen and... Well, yeah. and, and, like, I talk a little bit about when my comedy career changed as well. Like, yeah. So, if you're It's interesting, interested in Saf. I've gotten some uh, fantastic feedback on that one. That's great. So, yeah, you can check that out. I'm um, at JustinHamilton underscore on Twitter, JustinHamilton11 on Instagram. And I've got to say, I'm an old man, but I dig it. I like it a lot. It's a lot of fun, Instagram. Anyway, it's hard I'm to explain. I'm terrible at it. Oh, I've really taken to it. You know why? Because I love walking around streets and just looking at weird graffiti and it's always made me laugh. And now I can share it with people and for the most part I get a few likes. So, you know, like the other day someone had written on the on the wall, hug cunts, and underneath someone wrote, okay, and drew a smiley face. Like, <laughs> you got to share that with the world. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. That's a lovely message. That's a, nice, that's a nice note to finish on. Hey, uh, oh, your, your new show... Yes, uh, you'll be able to see snacks. Ah, I'll eat every one of them. Nom 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 at 
Perth for the Perth Fringe on the 20th, 21st of February. Selling fast. Uh, yeah, selling really well. Thanks, guys. I'm wrapped. We might be doing an, oh, anyway, well, whatever. I didn't say that bit. And then we're going to Adelaide for two weeks from uh, the 1st of March. And then it'll be the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And the shelf will be uh, back for the Comedy Festival as well. You can get tickets for that at Mosh Ticks. I'll be doing the shelf. And I'll be doing on Monday night my uh, political show, Political Will. Mm. Um, and uh, then my regular show, uh, which is the number one show. Uh, please don't come and see Political Will uh, before you see Free Will. Because I'm working really, really hard on one of them. And the other one is just me ranting for three nights. But um, So uh, if you can work out which one it is, people... <laughs> Uh, free will. I'll be doing the Adelaide Fringe Festival debuts on March the second. So come and see that. I will be start thinking about that uh, two days from now. Yes. And uh, then uh... <laughs> <laughs> I wish more news shows were like that. Anyway, oh, with the news <laughs> after this break. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah. So uh, that will be <laughs> free will. <laughs> At the Adelaide Fringe, the Brisbane Comedy yeah. Festival, and, of course, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, I am in San Francisco for the San Francisco Sketch Festival. No, you're, uh, not. you're right here. Oh, first uh, weekend in February, I think uh, the 6th and the 7th or something like that. And uh, on uh, the 9th uh, of February, which is a Monday night, I will be doing the 200th episode of Fofop, Justin. Yes. Uh, this is episode 176. Right. The, the maths on that doesn't really work that well because right. that's not that far away and there's still about 30 episodes. Right. Well, 25 episodes. But here's what happens. With the live recordings, there's always, it always takes a few weeks to get the fucking mix. Like we did right. the TOEFOP 100th yep. and I still haven't put it up because we got sent a mix where one of my mic's basically not on. So I'm trying to find right. a way to fix it and whatever. But so basically, There's I'm going to record stuff. the 200th, and then in the next couple of weeks, we'll actually get towards 200. And hopefully, by the time I get to 200, I can release it. That's yep. kind of the plan. But uh, that is starring, it's going to be a huge lineup. Uh, Fofengers, uh, <laughs> James Fosdyke is doing a new t shirt, the Fofengers. Oh, right. So I'm uh, Captain Australia. Yep. Uh, Dave Anthony is The Hulk. The Hulk. Yep. Sorry, uh, Dave. Jen Kirkman is Black Widow. Black Widow, yep. Uh, Matt Kirshen is Iron Man. Yes. Um, who else? Daniel Sloss is... Is he Thor? Thor. Yep. <laughs> yes. This is all seeming like it's going correctly. <laughs> right. And uh, Gareth Reynolds is Hawkeye. Yeah, great. <laughs> so, uh, it's going to be... We're going to have a poster and a t-shirt and it's going to look really fucking cool. Of course it is. It's fuzzy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, that's that's really, um, really fun and really amazing. And... Uh, I was a bit disappointed, actually. I, I wish I'd thought about this earlier. It's probably one of those things I probably shouldn't talk about now that I only thought about it. But uh, <laughs> James Fosdyke has designed... So the backdrop for the show tomorrow night is fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. and I haven't even seen the finished version and it looks amazing. Right. So my poster was this background and half of it, the street was LA and half of the street was Sydney. Mm. And it's the end where my last show was and you can actually see the poster of the last show up on the end. It's... It's a really great background. Mm. And then he put in all the people, the Illuminati people. Yeah. He put all those people in with my haircut, yep. offering the gifts and whatever. And then I'm floating in the middle of the poster. It's such a fucking great poster. Yeah. But 
there's a version of it where we take out all the people and we take out me and it's just those two streetscapes. Yeah. And I thought that's the perfect background for the DVD, you know. Yeah. Like the show's very much about my two worlds and running to and from and, yeah, I've got like Australia and I've got LA in the background. I think somatically and for me to be standing in between those two things, which is where I am in my life, you know, yeah. when this thing's being recorded, it just was like it's beautiful. And I wish I'd thought about it and flown him up to see the show. I, like, I only thought about it, like, like fucking today, basically. Y- a couple of hours like, ah! ago. That would have been, yeah, anyway. Yeah. That would have been cool, because I would have liked him to see it. Anyway, we're that recording it for a DVD, so he'll be yeah. able to see it. But that's exciting as well. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't hear that until after it's been right. on. So, anyway, um, <laughs> we're doing this huge show at Meltdown, uh, February the 9th. Oh, it's yeah. free. Uh, it is absolutely free. It's a Monday night. Please come along. It is a free. Um, it's free. Did I mention it's free and all those awesome people on? And it's free. Yeah. And I'm going to buy some beers. We'll have a party and we'll yeah. record a podcast. What day is that? Is that a Wednesday? It's a Monday. Oh, it's a Monday. Yeah. February yeah. 9. Yeah. And it's buy some. free. Yeah. If you want to, the only money you need to spend money on is comics. Yeah. You, then or, you take them home and Or a them. t-shirt. We'll have or the t-shirts t-shirt. available. Maybe yep. a poster. Maybe right. everyone could sign the poster. Yeah. And maybe you could buy that, help support the podcast. But yep. you don't have to. You don't have to. Just come. Just come and have, let's go and have a fucking awesome party in one of the most awesome places like there is in LA for a fucking podcast. Right. For not even a podcast, for the spin-off of the podcast. Right. This is the Joni Love oh Chart to podcast. Spin-off. This is a fucking in-betweequel. Oh, my God. This is what Fofop is. Right. It's an in-betweequel. Come and celebrate Oh my God. An in-betweequel. It's like we've we've just learned what Fofop has been after all these episodes. Thank I don't God feel, we did. I don't feel like they dragged it out too long either. <laughs> it was the right time. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.